Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 246, episode one of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, July 18th, 2022, mm-hmm. like you thought it was, which of course means, Miles, what, what's, what is our national day? It means day? you're doing the right thing, because July 18th is World Listening Day. Okay, and that's what you're doing right now. It might mean maybe opening yourself up to other perspectives and opinions. I don't know, but in my just for my own benefit, I'm going to say this about podcasting. That's just short for the world listening to the Daily Zeitgeist Day. Exactly. And Nelson Mandela International Day, National Sour Candy Day, and National Caviar Day. A very interesting mix. What a combo. Yeah. We, didn't we just have, like, World uh, Gummy Candy Day recently? I, yeah, yeah, it was Gummy Worms yeah. the other day last week. I like a sour gummy worm, so this is this oh, is my okay. time of year, baby. I'm back. Leo season is here, and so is sour gummy candy. Anyways, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a., and I would drink a Baja Blast, and I would drink 500 more just to be the man with diabetes and blood-like adventure golf water. Uh, That is a collabo with Paul Garaventa. 
Oh, wait. I, I should probably finish it. Baha Blaster. Baha Blaster. Baha 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 Blaster. Yeah. Shout out to Paul Garaventa. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co host, Mr. Miles Gray. Oh, it's Miles Gray. You know, just doing my thing, just hanging out. No AKs today. What? Just. Just starting off the week as myself, Miles Gray, the NoHo God. You know what I mean? Oh, Just right. doing this my Monday. Thing. Yeah. Well, Miles, speaking of starting the week off right, yes. we're thrilled to be joined by a brilliant and talented writer, musician, and podcaster whose work has appeared in Rolling Stone, Spent Stereo Gum, and who co-hosts the podcast, How Did We Get Weird, with Vanessa Bear and Jonah Bear. It's Jonah Bear! Jonah! Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How How's are you going, doing? man? Good. I mean, just I just ate tons of caviar for National Caviar Day <laughs> nice. yeah. for breakfast. Oh my it was God. great. Right. Yeah. If I see another <laughs> e- egg, I'm going to fucking puke, man. Too much caviar. Uh. Too much beluga, man. Uh. What's you that one? It. What's that one? Uh, there's like that one caviar shop in Beverly Hills that like whenever I walk by, I'm like, oh, Petrosian. There's like a Petrosian caviar like restaurant. I'm like, what kind like. That looks like a place you're advertising that you want to be strong arm robbed when you walk out of it. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't think of a more like superfluous like endeavor to be like, I went to the caviar restaurant today. You'd be like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna take your watch. People talk about like going places to people watch. Like that is appointment viewing, people watching. Just going there and seeing anybody who is strange enough to just go into a caviar restaurant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Yeah, what do you think like the 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 target demographic for a caviar restaurant is? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you're a lawyer who gets like billionaires off for like war crimes and shit, like that kind of vibe. I feel like, like the bartender know. at the caviar restaurant has to deal cocaine, right? Like, but it's like not even illegal at that point. It's just oh, like, like yeah, it's on the actually, fucking menu. Yeah, yeah. I have a license to deal cocaine at this level. <laughs> yeah, it's all medical grade. Uh, this is a Petrosian boutique. It's like oh, right, right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. Like I'm looking at their. They have caviar scrambled eggs. You know how much that dish is? <laughs> Forty it's bucks. Thirty six dollars. <laughs> caviar salad. Caviar <laughs> salad is a forty two fucking dollars. Caviar Honestly, salad. Hmm. I like how the, they're closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know. We don't fuck around on those days. We're Thursday through Sunday off. Well, that's when the really good shipments come through. Yeah, exactly. I feel like there's a lot of pe- a lot of ascots there. I've I've started noticing that like very rich people at a certain point you get so rich that you then start cosplaying as a very rich person again. Like you just like lose all self awareness and you are you you just look incredibly like like a rich guy from a sixties like screwball comedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the reviews are fucking frightening. Like every, every it's all five stars because I think these are all yes. like aspiring wealthy people. Like, I mean, there's really no other place to go for caviar. <laughs> like it is really the only cool, voice you can really J B from Costa Mesa. Truly. Appointment dining. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm. I might have to go by there this week and just take a couple photos and be, and do like those TikTok videos. Like, hey man, what do you do for a living? Like, send people in their cars, <laughs> right. people like, walking into the Petrosian restaurant. I want to go and interview people. Like that needs to be. Then let, let's do that. We hey, I, man, we got to do bit. that. Just interview yeah. any. Like nobody's gonna agree to be interviewed, but 
Yeah, well, fuck their, fuck their, uh, fuck their rights. privacy. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll blur their face for the purposes of the podcast. Jonah, where are you coming to us from? I'm coming to you from Western Massachusetts, the Berkshires. Okay. okay. So yeah. Are you from Are you from Massachusetts? I'm not from Massachusetts. Uh, I'm from Cleveland originally, and then I okay. lived in like the New York Brooklyn area for about eleven years, and I've been out here for maybe five years or so. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Never met oh, a bad person from Cleveland, I always say. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, they're <laughs> almost all good. You said that like it was a challenge. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, right? let me introduce you to a couple people. <laughs> you know, I had this weird flashback. When I got my license in New York, I had an Ohio license. I remember going to the DMV, and, the, and I had all my paperwork ready, and the person working there was like, Ohio people, they always got it down. Like, they always got the paperwork ready. He was like, I don't have to wait. I don't know if that's an Ohio <laughs> thing, but that's another thing I've but yeah, maybe the filter of Ohio people that moved to New York. They're yes. like, like yeah. different level of motivation. Or like, I didn't come this way to fuck up this DMV appointment. <laughs> like, I left Ohio for this. And that is the same filter I'm dealing with. Because I'm not meeting too many Cleveland people in Cleveland. I'm meeting a lot of people who left Cleveland. Yes. And, but yeah. I feel like everyone's consistent. Like, I feel like all the people we talk to that are from Cleveland are like, no, yeah, no, it's, it's people are chill. People are yeah, usually chill. people will be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me introduce you to my high school bully. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Seems seems like a solid place. It's a good spot. It's a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. See, look at this. It's a good spot. Nobody <laughs> look, says that about their hometown. Put a pin in it. <laughs> uh, how are the Berkshires? Beautiful. It's really nice here in the summer. There's a lot of nature, a lot of trees, a lot of, you know, art and culture. I mean, I really like not living in a city and I really yeah. like being out here. And uh, yeah, it's really beautiful. Nice. Sounds amazing. Have you have either of you been out this way before? I've been to Massachusetts when I was younger. I played a lot of hockey, but it was mostly like playing in and around like the Boston area. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm yeah. less less versed in the outer areas of, of Massachusetts or outside of Boston. Yeah, I went to I went to high school for two years in Boston. The the aforementioned before we started recording, we were talking about why how it's a bad idea to ever give high school students the freedom of living in a dorm. That's why I was doing that in Massachusetts, but I didn't I didn't get out to the Berkshires that much other than like once or twice. But it it did seem very pretty out there. It is. And I did yeah. kind of that dorm thing, too. When I was 17, I did a five week guitar program at Berkeley College yeah, of Music nice. in Boston. So I had that high school kid dorm experience in Boston as well. A lot but of like prank phone calls like going on. Guitar guitar kids, it was though. it was a lot of guitar it was a lot of kids in practice rooms trying to play jazz or play really fast like shredding guitar right 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 that was more the vibe right a lot mm-hmm. of practice like when you watch kids go from like i like jazz guitar to being like i fuck with dream theater actually that's where i'm headed now the a lot of people rock. had the dream theater signature ibanez guitar for sure right right exactly that's what i feel like there's always like that fork in the i, I grew up a big music nerd kid as well and like i always watch like the guitar kids be like getting into flamenco like shredder ripping metal or being like i'm like 5d chess brain prog rock <laughs> shit yeah mm. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what any of that means, but uh, that sounds great. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to uh, get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. We're talking about the cover-up side of the January 6th shit. Uh, we're going to talk about all the stories about how like various generational cohorts hate or love remote work and like who is 
Who is behind those stories? They're wildly inconsistent stories. Yeah. You're constantly saying, like, this feels like an op. We're going to talk about the confu- the confusion around, like, what when a movie is coming out, if it's coming out in theaters, uh, if it's staying in theaters, if it's going to be on VOD, all of that, plenty more. But first, Jonah, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Oh, my gosh. So, uh... As you mentioned, I do this podcast with my sister, Vanessa, called How Did We Get Weird? And I'm always, it's a nostalgia-based podcast, so I'm always looking up stuff from our childhood. And I found this column in our childhood newspaper, The Plain Dealer, called Monday Moaning. And we've turned into a segment on the show where it was people just writing into our local newspaper complaining about the most mundane stuff. (laughs) And somehow I was like, I I wonder if, yes. There was a Thankful Thursday column as well that not as successful. Right. But I, I was like, I wonder if these are archived anywhere. Turns out they are. They stopped doing it about 10 years ago, but there's a bunch of them posted. And so we've been kind of like doing a new segment where we read them with guests and get their feedback on them. But I've just been going through all of these people complaining about, you know, like the school bus waiting too long in front of their neighbor's house or like the mailman dropping a letter. A lot of complaints about younger people on their cell phones. Um, Wait, in, just in like, like what context? Like, they're like, I don't like that they're on them. Or like, they're on them in the restaurant or on the they're train. Just, they don't like, it seems like a lot of people are just, yeah, think the next generation is just too, too on their phone. Which And this is 10 years ago. So <laughs> right, like, right. they must be going. Facts. Yeah, they must not be. But then one we recently found that was really funny was, was it, oh, someone got told to be quiet at the movie before the previews had started. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I feel like I'd write in about that. That that is preemptive shushing is like, all right, you're you're like working too hard. You're doing too much work in your brain and the anxiety that you've like generated. You've like sort of created a whole story where this person's going to continue talking through the previews. Just why don't you just wait and see? Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. And then the person getting told to be quiet, wrote this letter to the newspaper saying right. this happened to me and they were complaining about getting told. So it's like, to me, that's my search history is a lot of reading these <laughs> these letters, <laughs> I basically. That. Yeah. I, like whenever I'm like in a like a smaller city, like I always like to look at the, like, the most local paper because it you realize like how quaint sometimes like the problems are. And yeah. like I remember one time like in British Columbia, like I was in this like weird like this smaller coastal town and i found their local paper and like one of the main columns on the side was this like argument between a city council person and like getting mad about dog pee versus dog poo on things and it was like taking up so much space but like the energy given to them like this is i'm glad that they're not talking about you know police murders or like shit like that and it's just about dog pee or poo was that the one where they were talking about like carrying a squirt bottle with them? Like that that being like you gotta carry a squirt bottle and like No, but oh, I like okay. this. What do you mean like as a tactic to scare off a dog or something? No, no, no. It's to you carry a squirt bottle. It, maybe I heard about it on another podcast where somebody was like very proud that they carried a squirt bottle with them so that when their dog peed somewhere they would just like douche it with like water from their squirt bottle. To, but then, like, they were using that to, like, h- hang that over everyone else's head and then, like, you know, at, like, be like, you really should carry a squirt bottle. And they became, like, the squirt bottle police. Um, oh, got you. Okay. Which just feels like <laughs> the way that good ideas happen <laughs> and then get taken in the worst possible direction. Right. What is something, Jonah, that you think is underrated? 
Here's what I think is underrated. I like, I think cheap stuff that you're going to break or lose anyways. And I'm Mm -hmm. talking specifically, like I just got some $20 sunglasses. I know I'm going to forget them somewhere or break them and I'm going to be okay with it. I'd like cheap umbrellas, all this stuff. It's I, I like I like having nice I love stuff. A I'm going to use. It. I like how specific that one is. I like I like just this stuff. I know I'm going to lose. That it feels right. less. The stakes are lower um, when it's just I haven't spent so much money on it. Does that make sense? Yo, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm, I love I'm, that. I was and... definitely a sunglass person like that because I was like, Pff. I remember the first time I bought sunglasses, like when I was in high school, I bought like. I don't know some no it was college I bought Christian Dior sunglasses because I was trying to like J-Lo or some rapper or some shit (laughs) and I lost those shits like in one month and I was so distraught over it I was like I only deserve shit I get for free at a medical fair and uh, now I kind of I just recently bought a uh, like an eighty dollar pair of sunglasses, and I'm treating Ooh. them shits like the fucking holy grail right now. <laughs> um, but no, I do. It is liberating to have those like throwaway sunglasses for sure. Now, are you a pretty like it, just looking at your background? It doesn't seem like there's shit scattered everywhere like that. <laughs> so my issue is that like I have kids, and we our house has like an inch of cheap stuff you're going to break or lose anyways on the floor at all times unless <laughs> i'm like constantly cleaning up it's like a you know a snow like snow in buffalo during the winter it's just like it's gonna be everywhere like you just have to make <laughs> make your peace with it like it, how do you how do you deal with the accumulation of it when you you lose it but it's somewhere it's just like around that's tough that's yeah. tough i yeah. usually feel like the more I look, the harder it will be to find. So I try to just kind of take a Ooh. break, come back to it later, <laughs> and usually it will show up as soon as I stop looking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. But, and what, you pray to St. Anthony? <laughs> well, I'm doing isn't that all the isn't time that, Isn't that what the Catholics do? Isn't that what, for when you lose some, it's St. Anthony? Yeah, yeah, probably. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I I stopped paying attention to to that pretty pretty soon after the first confession. I was like, "Oh man, this is stressful." Oh yeah, it is because I remember like at my friend's house, like the neighbors growing up that were Catholic. It was like the first thing the mom said, "Like I don't pray to Saint Anthony." Yeah, and it's like for my deodorant, <laughs> just like just like I'm not gonna help you pray to fucking Saint Anthony. <laughs> I got a lot. I got nine kids in this house. Like Turn it up. over to Saint Anthony. What's like, okay, Joan, I'm curious. What's another thing? You said sunglasses and umbrellas. What's another like liberating cheap thing that maybe people don't think about that? Like, it's like, you don't need to spend a lot of money on that because you might lose it. And maybe it's more freeing to buy the cheap one. That's a really good question. Those are the first two that come to mind. Yeah, no, I agree. Coffee mugs. I feel like you got, you can coffee mugs. Like get, <laughs> get the occasional free coffee mug or hats, like t-shirts, you know? Yep. Yeah. T-shirt, man, I'm I sh- I can't believe how many free T-shirts I hold on to. It's yeah. weird that I have a like an inability to throw away a free T-shirt. Like, and I have piles of the most useless T-shirts that I think like I give to my mom and she uses them as like dish towels. Yeah, but that's like about yeah. I can't for some reason I can't part with a free shirt. What's something you think is overrated? This might be a little controversial, but I think uh, cold brew coffee. I feel like, you know, it takes 12, 24 hours. I'm, I'm just not into cold coffee. I, I'm, I, I, like, I like coffee a lot. I like espresso drinks. I feel like cold brew is like the payoff. It just isn't there for the time it takes. Mm. Yeah, I like cold brew for the power of it. And I had a 
like one of those 24 hour like overnight things you had. And it like kept fucking with me because like if I missed my 24 hour window, I was like, well, shit, then it's going to be ready in the middle of the day. And I did that shit right before I record. <laughs> and it completely like I lost all momentum with making it. And now I just drink the concentrate uncut. And that's just easier for me. When I met Miles many years ago, he was bragging about how he is caffeine insensitive. Caffeine yeah. doesn't affect him. And then I watched him drink cold brew and go clinically mad. <laughs> like, just completely. <laughs> I'm like, I don't experience any change, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, You're speaking at <laughs> triple time. What the fuck is happening? Do you like I, I feel like. That is another, like, I feel like I am learning about you because that is another, <laughs> like, a, opinion of somebody who's like, I don't need the, like, crack version of caffeine that is delivered by cold brew. Is that, you, you, you like more of a steady, slow drip? Yeah, and I just like the, I just like the hotter drinks are like more traditional, I guess. Mm. But, you know, I've also thought at times that I'm caffeine insensitive and I've never heard anyone else say that. And is that, is that a pos is that possible? Is that like yeah, a real thing? It is. I, anecdotally, I feel like on Twitter, a lot, I see a lot of takes of like, yeah, I used to say that all the time. And then I was diagnosed with ADHD. <laughs> and okay. Then they were like, Interesting. That may be a reason why I wasn't vibing with caffeine. But uh, my mom is the same way. Like, so she would drink coffee like before bed just because she likes hot drinks and likes the flavor. So I don't know. I mean, my mom's pretty, I, I don't know if she has ADHD, but I, I think it's probably some, some kind of real thing with her caffeine receptors. The ADHD thing was definitely real. Like I, yeah, like right. I, that's how I was with nicotine. Where I was like, ah, I just need a little nicotine to go to sleep. And my wife was like, "That's a stimulant. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like that's not, it's not how that works, man." And I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's my sleepy it's just, time gum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like the cold brew does seem like a next level of of caffeine that. I I like a lot of caffeine and I still try not to fuck with it too much because it's it's too fucking much. With, fucking with Jeff Fuel, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh some January sixth shit. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And... Yeah, so there there was a story on The Intercept towards the end of last week that the Secret Service had deleted some text messages during the 5th and 6th, mm. which was a crucial time, <laughs> a crucial time. <laughs> and they're, like beyond just them being like, no, you can't go to the riot, President Trump, <laughs> and we'll drive you back to the White House. Like their involvement, there, there's some speculation about their their involvement in, in the like beat by beat of this whole thing mm-hmm. that might explain why they would have deleted the text message. So... I, I remember hearing this, that Mike Pence wouldn't get in the car with the Secret Service. Like, they right. were like, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you to safety. And he was like, no, I don't. Because if I get in there with you, you guys are going to, like, whisk me off somewhere and I won't be able to, you know, complete the vote. The votes, right. I, th- I thought he I thought he was just doing it like, I think you guys are going to kill me. <laughs> like, You're going to uh, shoot me, man. Know, my my brain is built out of uh, pieces from action movies that I watched when I was a kid. So like that that was the version that I got is that he gets in there and then they use a they garret him or some shit, you know, just a nice little tweet silencer. And then <laughs> um, but that doesn't really make sense. That's not how like a coup in the United States would go down unless Steven Seagal was involved. And so the, at 
it seems like maybe a more reasonable narrative is that they let the mob create an unsafe environment at the Capitol. They come in, they're like, we got to get you out of here. And then that buys them time to then, you know, do whatever the next step of the non-certification cooing which mm-hmm. makes like that that's the first version of this where I'm like oh if you were doing a planned out carefully planned and not like a haphazard bullshit thing like that actually starts to make sense to me right and i mean there's all that go, coincides with like chuck grassley on the january 5th saying like oh yeah mike pres or vi- mike vice president mike, president, mike pence vice Pemp. mike president vice pence uh <laughs> vice pepsi is not go- like suggested that he would skip the certification on January 5th. And people were like, wait, why did he say that on the 5th? Right. Like, being like, yeah, he might not be there. And it's like, and I might have to do it. Like, wait, hold on, what? And then he like backtracked. So there's a lot of it around it where constantly we're just being like, so many people knew about what the fuck was going to go down and open their mouths at the dumbest times that you're just kind of be like, okay, there's so many more questions than answers. But clearly you can see that people... There was a group of people who knew what was going to happen and others that had less of an idea for sure. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. There's also like DHS officials tweeting like Jan 6th is going to be crazy, LOL, like right before. And like DHS is like the, that's who over oversees, I think, the the Secret Service. It's like the yeah. people within the department that w- would have been involved in like all of this shit going down. So I don't know. Like I get I get the like sort of more stylist position on January 6th being like it doesn't matter. They were never like we were never in danger of this group of dipshits overthrowing the US government. They're idiots. It's nothing compared to what we've done in other countries' elections, <laughs> which is all like seems true. I'm just not sure how it makes sense to like be dismissive of the investigation before we know all the facts. And it does seem like the more we learn, the more it's like, oh, okay, I can at least like see what they were trying to do here. And that definitely feels like the sort of thing that you wouldn't want somebody to do if they're going to be also the next president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just... uh it's just i think the the part that makes it tough is like despite everything that was even known it's like we don't even have like a justice system that like moves to correct it so a lot of people are like yeah we know now do the part that shows there are consequences like so for so many people they don't need to be convinced much more and i think that's part of for me the frustration like seeing all this is i'm like i'm really curious to see what actual consequences are born out of all of this because it's not going to be enough to be like oh they did that <laughs> that's fucking that's the most frightening part of this is that it ends with oh and that's it and you know as we see like trump you know getting ready to announce like being a candidate in 2024 i'm also curious like is the media really just going to talk about this guy like he didn't do all this shit and just like the coverage about his uh, candidacy is just going to be like, and he's going for it again, rather than this fucking yeah. guy tried to steal the election last time. Why are we talking about him? But, you know, I think to be fair and balanced or CNN doesn't want to be too extreme, they'll just be like, yeah, he's going for another bite of the fucking apple. 
and President Trump going for another bite of the app. Like, yeah, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, this is like how the, the coverage of like Roe being overturned is similar to Lee, just like so middle of the road and like gamified and like, well, this is bad optics for the Republicans. And it's like, what uh, this fuck? is bad for humans right now. Yeah, like, like your human optics beings games. that you're talking about, a 10 year old human being. Uh, yeah. that you're talking about and you're you're making it into like a a story about bad optics man yeah like an episode of scandal or something right like olivia yeah. pope couldn't even save them it's like i don't think that's a necessary analysis in all of this but <laughs> sure but yeah i think just looking at all just the back and forth with the secret service you know and even the fact that joe biden when he came in office they were like we need to like fucking completely over like flip these like sub these guys the fuck out <laughs> like they already had questions concerns about the people who were working with trump working with biden so there's a lot of stink uh coming out of there and yeah just like the the process of like the inspector general being like hey we need those texts and then they're like oh yeah one second oh we deleted them just now after you asked for them yeah like that's a it's a bad look as they'd say in the media. great for their optics the entire like Watergate scandal was about the cover up. Like that's the whole thing was the cover up. That was what everybody was so outraged about. Like this is Joan, I don't know if you if you're with me on this one, but I've always said Nixon, <laughs> not so bad. I'm a big Nixon guy. No. <laughs> but like it, when you look it. at like the, how far we've come where like we we have nothing but evidence of like a cover up happening here and like that's not even like the story people are like even aware of or focused on is like yeah yeah yeah, no, yeah. It it's up. it's i haven't paid that much attention to it i've seen stuff here or there but i'm curious like yeah what else it just seems like i don't know what would be a big deal at this point right <laughs> yeah right like because that last headline i saw was about him trying to grab the steering wheel of this car and they're like oh this is like a big bombshell and then it's like everyone's like okay and now it's the race in the tech. It's like, I just feel like they're going to keep right. digging stuff like, up. Where does it go to? Where does it go? Where exactly. It yeah. Go. I don't know. I don't know if any of this will really ultimately have any impact. I have no idea. It And it bothers me, like, because I saw like an op-ed last week that was like saying, like, if the DOJ doesn't do anything, it's going to it's going to harm their legitimacy. And I'm like, are, are you hearing shit that they're not going to do anything? And that's why you're writing this op-ed to try and like signal to people that like they might fucking not you know really bring the full weight of the legal system down on these people so i guess that's really that's really all the this, this is building up to it's like yeah i don't i don't need to like i saw the titanic sink like and yeah I, i'm glad to know like what happened inside the titanic as it was sinking but it was clear what happened from the outside enough that i'm like what's going on with that now yeah but yeah we wait with bated breath yeah if it does feel like if they don't do anything, if he just like wins again somehow, like we, like that we have enough evidence to be like he's never leaving office again. Like he's not just gonna do the dumb bad version of the coup this time. Like we we know for a fact now. Like he is going to. We'll never have another fair election as long as he's alive. Right. Like yeah. so, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something to bring up as you're talking through this because. People like the Democrats were so happy last week that like Biden was still up three points on Trump. It's like that's that's yeah, not in the battle enough. of who could care less. Right. Exactly. Like, sure. 
All right, let's talk about another failing of the mainstream media, and this is uh, the the way that they're covering like various generations loving or hating remote work yeah. during a pandemic. I mean, this has been, I feel like, one of the main, like not main topics, but one of like the bigger sort of societal shifts that came out of the pandemic that's like constantly debated of like, is remote work good? Is it bad? Is it killing us? Is it like, do we not know what our own faces look like because of Zoom? And like constantly hear about these different things like Zoom fatigue. We've covered all those things. Okay. What'd you say? I'm confused about that last one, not knowing what our face looks like. Because well, it's just like uh, talking about how generally like people are like losing like s- certain mirror neurons aren't firing when you look at like a fucking Zoom call too long. There's like a whole there's like some oh, other really? neurological studies about it. And I say that like flippantly, but it was co- sort of like your brain is kind of like not using certain things. It could be when you're just looking like they're saying like it affects like your ability to know where you are in space and time like especially when talking to people in other time zones right your mind is trying to place your existence in physical space like in relation to a video and like they're saying like it's like running your cell phone on like gps location mode but there's no cell service so just draining your battery trying to figure out where you are Um, oh your brain okay i got it so it's like a subtle thing but again we hear constantly like is it the pros cons do they love it do they hate it and you know, in the beginning, it was clear that a lot of people that had the ability or privilege to work remotely enjoyed doing so. In fact, like it was like a big thing that people can like pointed to when people left their jobs was people wanted to continue to work remotely or have the flexibility because, you know, the pandemic has changed all these things. But then as like the pandemic, you know, raged on, it was also clear that like the boss class of people we're starting to like unite in their sort of like message of like, hey, let's uh, let's get back to the office, folks. How about that? Huh? Wouldn't that be fun? Like back to normal? I know the case numbers aren't going down, but like what about if we went back to the office? And it's I think, you know, it's clear that the commercial real estate industry clearly being hit by the lack of people in traditional office settings. And they, along with like other business interest groups, were like really pushing hard. Like we saw them, like whether it's from the, the government or the media, like this whole idea, like we're back, baby. Like what? But today you can like read pieces about remote work. Like in Slate, there was one about like, you know, as, as a black employee, remote work has done wonders for my mental health because I don't have, I no longer have to deal with like dumb fucking racist microaggressions or just weird bullshit that's born out of like, having to be a black person in a workplace and that comes along with you know people's unneeded analysis or suspicions etc well you can also find like articles that are saying everyone hates it and i want to point at business insider for a second in april they had a piece that was called return to office is driving gen z to quit Mm. and it talked about how much gen z workers again hated this push to return to the office it was they they weren't agreeing with it then, they didn't like having their boss be like, I don't give a fuck if you're going to get sick, man. You have to yeah, come back no, to work. they didn't. So I can just, like, watch you. But just, then... So you can feel this, my cold eyes digging cold, into your yeah. back as you work. And asking you to get in here to look at something on my computer really quick that I think is cool. <laughs> that, like, Check out this meme. Is that how yeah, it's like, meme? Oh, man. I mean, the, I, I remember having a boss who was like, hey, check out this YouTube video. I'm like, you're yeah, fucking man. way too old for yeah. to be calling me in your office to check out a dumb YouTube video. Anyway, all that to say is then at the end of last week, Business Insider put out a new piece called Gen Z actually hates working from home. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I, and this is really like, like they're pointing. Turns out they hate it. 
I like how they said actually. You know, like as if they know what they said in April. And like actually, actually Gen Z actually hates <laughs> like so working from home. And I'm like, what the fuck is the thrust of this piece? Though they are pointing to surveys that show that like Gen Z were like the least interested age cohort in remote work when you compare workers in their 30s and older. But like many commenters like on the article and just like on Twitter and stuff were like, this shit is such weird bullshit. They're like, yeah, I want to like extend my workday by hours to go to a place that's like terribly cramped in the middle of a pandemic. No, that's what I want. Can I read the first sentence here? Just I want want to get you guys' opinion on what they were going for here. Right. For the youngest employees, working from home isn't everything. (laughs) <laughs> are they doing like the Gen Z thing? Like, oh my God, that is everything. Like, are they like, oh, like, shit, trying to do right. like a play on that yeah. slang? I, I didn't, that went right over my head. Whoosh. That sucks though. That really is bad. Bad. Yeah. What they're, they're all pointing like articles like this. And there's another one that was in Fortune magazine, which we all know is the official outlet of the proletarian revolution. Um, <laughs> that they point to a survey of high school students to reinforce this argument. This, they're all drawing from this art, this like one survey. And I'm going to quote it, quote, less than a quarter of Gen Zers feel remote work is, quote, very or extremely important to them. Per the National Society of High School Scholars 2022 Career Interest Survey, the Wait, report, what? which polled nearly 11,500 high school and college-aged individuals, but mostly high school, says that remote schooling during the pandemic may have turned swaths of Gen Z off from remote working. Mm. So I'm like, that's not a good sample size of the Gen Z workforce or kids who spent like have never their worked. peak years of their like high school life indoors and be like, hey, you want a situation that mirrors that as a work thing? And they're like, no. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I would get it. Like if you were younger and you had you wanted to go to college in person, right? And you had to do most of your college experience online, maybe you would be like, when I get in the workforce, I want to be able to interact with people right. and make yeah. friends. I get that's like the socialization aspect, but yeah, I mean, it also just seems funny when these places make like a sweeping generalizations about like a whole generation of pe- yeah. of people want this or that when it's like there's so much nuance and so much yeah. going on there, right? right. Just like the misrepresentation between like the opening, uh, like talking about the work, like Gen Z workforce having this opinion and then going right to... This is what high school and college students think they will want once they start working. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> well cl- clearly, clearly. I, I'm sure they came up with the headline first, and they were like, "How can we find data to support this? It doesn't oh, yeah. matter, yeah. <laughs> like what it is from. Let's just find it." Yeah, they've right. they've had this headline ever since they wrote the article saying that Gen Z does like working, prefer working from home, and the B- Better Business Bureau of Every city reached out to them and were like, <laughs> what the fuck do we pay you for? What the fuck do we pay you for, Fortune magazine? Like, get back out there and find me one that Gen Z actually doesn't. And actually, you need to put um, actually, actually in the title, doesn't sir. like it. How is that, Mr. Fortune? <laughs> and just interesting, when you talk about, like, the things that they do, like, in this national survey of high school scholars, it says remote work, quote, remote work doesn't even crack the top three things Gen Z is looking for in a job, according to the high school student survey. It said <laughs> they prioritize fair treatment of all employees, quality of life and flexibility, and corporate social responsibility. I'm like, look, kids, 
you clearly haven't had your soul fucking ground to dust and blown away by some boss's fart into nothingness because you will realize what you're talking about quality of life and flexibility you may realize like oh yeah that flexibility means not having to waste gas and shit to go to like my ice yeah. box of an office and number two is essentially remote work <laughs> it's like the, right. it's basically contradicting the entire but, fucking point and i think it's fucked up because yes i get for like what a person, a young person who's about to enter, you know, their working career or whatever thinks of what their life would be like. Yeah, you'd want to think like my job will be cool. I like my coworkers. We kick it after work. We go out for drinks and shit like that. But that's obviously they're they're more speaking from an experience that they're yet to have. And But they're yeah. using this for like this very stupid, like pro business propaganda shit. And I'm like, fuck, it's just confusing to read. It's. I mean, it's so transparent that like they just couldn't get they couldn't get the results. They couldn't get the headline that they were looking for. And so they had to just lie, I guess, is kind of yeah. the only real and, honest way to put it. And I get there are like, again, every, every week, all we contain multitudes. You can't treat anything like a monolith. So I'm sure there are plenty of kids who are like, yeah, fuck that. Like the last I've been doing remote shit for a lot for a few years now. And that's the last fucking thing I want to do. I totally get that. But I think to like you're saying also saying, Jonah, like to have this like hasty, broad blanket generalization and be like, yeah, all of them fucking hate it. <laughs> right. And they also well, don't and also never had a job yet. <laughs> but like, I okay. do wish this article had worked in more of these terminologies like this is everything or like turns out it isn't fire to be working remotely <laughs> right, or right, 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 right. <laughs> it's like to be those previous surveys that said gen z actually wanted remote work that's all cap they said <laughs> <laughs> what market cap <laughs> uh-huh. like oh shit fortune go to bed go to bed yeah. fortune <laughs> i don't know you know fortune. i work in um like I'm finishing a graduate degree in clinical mental health counseling. And so I work, you know, in mental health. And to me, it's like the remote work is like changed everything. I mean, it's made it amazing, you know, having access to therapists, people getting help with mental health, all these companies starting up. So to me, there's just so, you know, doing a podcast like this from our houses, to me, there's so many benefits. I find it hard to think that things will ever really go back to the way they were and people going commuting into these huge corporate offices and spending all day there when they know they don't have to anymore. Right. Yeah. I think it's just like transitioning the like boss, you know, CEO class of people to be like, you don't need your big concrete dick symbols of buildings in a downtown to like demonstrate the might of your company. In mm-hmm. fact, you'll probably save a lot of money by getting out of your like, 30 million dollar fucking 40 year lease or whatever the fuck you're locked into um, and then but, you can just build more anatomically accurate giant concrete dick symbols yeah that's true that represent your company because you don't have to like have people working inside them so you can yeah they don't giant right. concrete dicks that are like just big 800 <laughs> feet tall and that. concrete dick obelisks <laughs> coming to a downtown near you yeah enough with all the you know, bullshit about making them look like buildings. Do do the damn thing. I mean, so do you think overall, like I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm. This is just my conclusion: is that be, the reason this group of respondents is respond is responding this way is because they're being asked like a question that's too abstract, yeah. like for, based on what they've experienced, right? Like I'm not trying to because I'm not trying to be old elder geriatric millennial here being like, 
yeah, that, it's all bullshit. None of these kids want that. Cause I'm like, I get the yearning for socializing and like, you know, the idea that being in an office can like foster connections that give you a network to be able to like, you know, progress your career, advance it. But I don't know, like that, my take is they're asking kids whose souls have not been crushed yet. And of course they're going to respond this way. I think there's been a culture of like, yeah, I think they miss the socialization. I also think there's been a culture of them trying to push like offices that are fun. They have like a beanbag room or like yeah. a ping pong table or something. We'll and I think that couch. Yeah, that might seem fun if you were looking. Maybe that's like an extension of college or something. But I do think you're right. I do think that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It's. I've never met anyone that said, I can't wait to go back to my office. I don't know. I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure that those... I have not. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure those people might exist in some context, but I mean, I don't know. It's. I also feel this is based on what, like a LinkedIn survey. Like, it's like, I don't yeah. know, you know, we don't know what the sample size is. We don't know. I mean... 11,000 yeah. children, actually, is the sample <laughs> Okay. Size. All right. <laughs> I guess we do know. <laughs> 11,000 college-aged or high school students and college-aged kids. But yeah, I... Cause like, even with the perks, right. I remember early in my career, like I remember seeing my friends who like went to like fancy, like their offices were like fucking nice. And I was like, Oh, that shit looks dope. Cause like, meanwhile, like the place I go to for lunch is a liquor store up the street yeah. versus like a building that like had a cafeteria and shit in. And you're like, Oh, look at this capitalist, like fucking hellscape. That's so shiny. But even when I worked in offices, like that had amazing perks, like, you know, wild ass thirsty Thursdays and like barista cart, like cooking up whatever fucking drinks you wanted. That shit wore off like within the third month of working there. I'm like, I fucking yeah. hate my life and I just want to be home all day. Please yeah. get me out of here. Yeah, I think it's like living. I've never lived in those places, but like an apartment complex with all these amenities. And then the price seems nice when you're and then you realize you probably never use almost all of them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you can work from home and have a social life with people you don't work with or the ones you want to hang out with from work. You can go hang out with them, but you have control over your life as opposed to being forced to come into an office and overseen by like that, that does feel like a big part of it is like having someone there who is overseeing you and like there is like no matter what their management style is there is like some sense of like you are being judged and like this is going on your permanent record no matter what and like the high school students and college age students don't really have the kind of profound long-term sense of like mental harm that that sort of environment does yet so yeah yeah if you look at like culturally like a show like The Office, right, like the American version, um, like it's almost like this is just where you go. These are the people you're stuck with and you can make these connections or something. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore. Like you can right. hang out with whoever yeah. you want. You don't, you don't have, have to, to hang be out. miserable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's sort of maybe this nostalgic like. I don't know, like maybe it's idealized a little bit in some ways because, you know, I think that yeah. show is still really popular with a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I think this new paradigm is is totally <laughs> these CEOs are not happy about it for sure. Yeah. Where's that like spinoff show where it's Stanley and Oscar from The Office texting their group chats and they're like, this motherfucker, Michael, really just says some <laughs> shit about gay people right now. And right. everybody is laughing in here and I have to pretend to go along with this shit. 
he tried to kiss me, fam. Yeah, it it does, I think, give people that idea. Like, it can be like a whimsical place. I, I think we'd be remiss because we do have somebody on the Zoom call who does represent Generation C. And I just, I would like to ask Super Producer Trisha. Oh, yeah. Just very quickly, Trisha, from your 10,000 foot view, I don't know if you're hearing this or you, you know, you got some, something else happening right now. But Trisha, if you're there, do you mind giving your perspective generationally? Are, am I far off? Am I an old man yelling at the sky? What, what's, what do you think is happening? Damn. Real, oh, real short lacking. notice. Caught Trisha lacking right there. Okay, yeah. My bad, Trisha. All right. We'll, and, we'll cut that in Yeah, <laughs> No, this is being noted. Thanks a lot, Trisha. <laughs> it sounds like Gen Z really does like remote work a little too much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course, and... Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back and let's talk let's talk movie releases i mean there's like the studios are up in arms they're very concerned that nobody knows when a movie's coming out if a movie's coming out that it is only in theaters a lot of polling is showing consumer confusion i feel that 100 percent. yeah like top gun 2 is still only in theaters like months after it was released I, th- I think it's, I don't know, I, because I, like, did, am always, like, I, I find it interesting to, like, see how movies are doing at the box office. I, like, end up, like, kind of aware of, like, okay, so that did really well, so that's probably not going to come out on VOD. But, like, if you're not paying attention to that stuff, it's just, like, yeah, no, Top Gun that came out, like, months ago. Why is it still out? <laughs> and why can't I watch it on TV? Yeah, I... In my mind, I just thought everything came out on streaming. Like, that's what I've assumed, actually, for most of the pandemic, like when a movie comes out. And I'm always like, oh, that shit's only in theaters? Like, that, I'm always, like, ready to sit down and be like, what the fuck? It came out today. And realizing uh, it's only in theaters for certain things. But I don't even, it doesn't even make sense, like, what they're prioritizing by putting in theaters these days. Like, I'm pissed that I didn't realize that RRR, which is still my favorite movie I've seen this year, the kind of Bollywood action musical, just extravaganza. Like, that shit's out in theaters. I didn't realize that was out in theaters. Like, I, I should have seen that in theaters before I watched it in three chunks on an iPad uh, over the course of two days. Could you do a three-hour? F- I can't, man. I I. I... I feel like three hours, I really have trouble staying engaged in a, in a movie theater for three hours. Maybe I just I need to go do that. Just go watch it. Because then, yeah, I can take pee breaks and it'll be, I, I won't be missing that much, you know? <laughs> Jonah, what's your, what's your, been your like movie consumption pattern? Uh, are you, are you even like watching stuff? Or are you just giving up? You're like, I don't know if it's good enough. I'll find you a know, DVD somewhere. I, you know, I was just thinking about this and it's like, you know, I was thinking about that. The Irishman, that Scorsese movie that came out in 2019, it was like a really big deal that it was coming yeah. out on like Netflix and in the theaters. And now it's we're so used to it. Like, I feel like now, like you're saying, we expect everything. So I would find it hard. Like, I have like an indie theater near me that and I'll just kind of go check out whatever's there. But I right. can't remember the last time I specifically was like, I want to go see like a blockbuster film at like a chain theater. I, right. I think it would take a lot. I, I don't know for me. Mm-hmm. To leave the house, sense. it takes a lot. <laughs> right, right. That's to be really good. If I'm gonna leave. Yeah. I mean, the last one I saw in the theater was Jurassic Park, 
Dominion or whatever the Lost World Dominion or Old Dominion University, whatever it's called. Yeah, Old but, Dominion University. Yeah, Old Dominion University. Um, like, and that I also my first assumption was it was going to be on streaming, and I had to quickly be like, oh shit, I got to go to the fucking like movie theater for this. Right. And I think now it's already like on streaming, like even in like within like wasn't there like some prescribed window that like like the studios were trying to do where it's like, all right, we'll give like a 40 some day. Pause. Yeah. 45 days was I think pretty standard, um, heading into the pandemic. And then, um, and that even seemed short, like before I know Christopher Nolan has like 90 days written into his old contract. And, um, yeah, it's like now it's basically, you know, the, the, uh, um, Black Widow movie came out like on streaming and like had a massive theatrical release at the like on the same day. And I think people think it didn't do well because of that. But right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People people are going people are back. They are seeing movies in theaters. So like a, a big reason this is on people's minds is that this movie, The Gray Man, starring Ryan Gosling as someone who's like easy to forget when you see them <laughs> like the, the idea of the gray man is like you know a cia agent who's like you know just blends into the background to the point that like they they can get away with doing stuff and like, oh, like a just white like guy this, this sort of like yeah exactly this like forgettable figure uh right. and it's like yeah so we'll get the handsomest human being like on the planet <laughs> right, to, to play, to play a that forgettable role. dude yeah forgettable right. dude but anyways uh it's like a big it cost i think 200 million dollars like there was the budget for it and it's coming out just on netflix like they're uh just putting it on netflix and like doing a theatrical like a limited theatrical release like it's an indie movie um but so that's coming out this weekend and a lot of people seeing the ads for that are like wait what that but that's it you're movie? giving me ads like it's a blockbuster it has a cast like it's a blockbuster and it's not in theaters it's just see, very, all very strange but do you uh, my broader question to you both is is it like they the pandemic has kind of like opened pandora's box for like the sort of obscuring or blending together of like film and streaming that like the prestige, the perceived prestige is getting diluted a little bit because now our idea of like what a big movie is, we also kind of expect to be on our TV at home. And it's almost like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a fuck about the theater. Like, can I stream it right now? And is that kind of like, is that beginning to change how we're even like perceiving what a film is or not? You know? Yeah, I think so. I think it's very similar, actually, to like the remote work idea where people would be like, oh, this is never possible. And then you see it's possible and people don't want to go back. Like, I bet you Forbes wrote an article like Gen Z doesn't like streaming movies at home. They yeah. love going, <laughs> spending $50 to go to the theater. Right. Every time, Yeah, every time a movie comes out that doesn't do well <laughs> at theaters, they write that article. They're yeah. like, turns out Gen Z is rejecting the, yeah. Or, yeah, or I guess it's every time a movie comes out that does do well. Top Gun, I'm sure they were like, there were 20 think pieces that were like, turns out Gen Z's ready to go back to theaters. Right. Is yeah. is Gen Z responsible for the death of the cinema? Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. it's like, I don't know. Are, 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 is everybody like young, broke as shit? Right. How about that question too? Like, instead of being like, with the millennials, it's like, they, they like avocados more than house. 
rather than <laughs> being like, they've been fucked multiple times by recessions. And then that with Gen Z, it's like, I don't know, do these kids like used clothes? Like, how they dress? <laughs> it's like, a lot of them are thrifting. I don't know. What do you want me to say here? Like, little little bit of difference there. But yeah, I, I feel like there's part, the confusion is like, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing for like the movie industry. Because like you're spending $200 million and people are like, I don't know, is that like a TV show? You know, and like, and we also have so many prestige TV shows with like, with like talent that we used to silo in our minds as being like film talent or TV talent that I think it's all coming together now to just become like the audio visual industry. Um, yeah. I don't know if, if that's like, if that's like a more of a meta problem that they have to consider is like people aren't. I don't know how many people are taking in stuff is like being like, it has to be in theaters. Like maybe Avatar too, like has a shout for something like that. Go home, like Avatar. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the gray man thing. Like, I, I feel like I don't have like strong opinions or like, no, I guess nobody's figured it out. But like when I see something that feels wrong, I know it. And like the gray man not being in theaters doesn't make sense to me. Like, they should have released it in theaters. And, like, I think the only reason they didn't is because, like, Netflix paid for it. And so Netflix is like, no, we we want it to be, like, the big Netflix thing. But, like, that, they should have released it. Like, it, it's the type of movie, like, a big budget, like, action yeah, movie. Ryan that, Gosling, like, $200 million. An amazing cast. Like, that. that's the sort of thing that's supposed to come out in theaters. And then, and then you can put it on Netflix. But guess what? Gen Z doesn't fuck with cinema anymore. So right. now it has to be on streaming. It's, it even seems like an odd business decision for Netflix, who's like being like, we're viable as a business. Like, you're not going to turn the like box office revenue spigot on. Right. And just be yeah. like, it's for the people. Maybe we'll draw in more people with this film. Right. And, like their whole thing is like that they know a lot about what people want to watch. Like that's supposed to be like the thing that makes them different. Like you could definitely apply that to theatrical movies as well. But yeah, yeah, Who knows? I don't know. Put your prayers up. Put your prayers up for the movie. prayers up for the movie industry. <laughs> prayers up for the mouse house and yeah. uh, the <laughs> what, what are what are the house shitty house. like trade nicknames for all the other ones? I forget. Uh, it's the house that Mouse built, right? And uh, Mouse House. I don't know if there's other. I, I, I don't know, dude. I've, <laughs> I've avoided the industry trade magazines for a while now. Oh, man, Unless I'm reading about Army Hammer selling timeshares in the Cayman Islands. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a run. Yeah. Um, well, Jonah, it's been such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can check out... Um, our podcast on iHeart. Also, How Do We Get Weird that I co-host with Vanessa. They so are my good. sister. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, So we have a new episode out today with Michelle from Japanese Breakfast. Oh, dope. So that, that's a really fun one. And I'm on Twitter, Jonah M. Bayer. And um, yeah, you can check out my website. I do a lot of music writing. And yeah, that's pretty much it, I guess. Nice. Your sister's character on Weekend Update of the young boy, like, I think, uh, having a bar mitzvah, or uh, I, I forget the name. J Jacob, the bar mitzvah boy, uh, partially inspired by me as a 13-year-old. I've always wondered that. It is, I think, one like, on my 
top five SNL characters of all time. It's so good and like deeply just like perfect and human. It's like so, so wonderful. So yeah. that, yeah. It's like, so great. it's like some of the best SNL characters are always based off someone's sibling. Too. Like <laughs> Garth is like Dana Carvey's brother. And stuff oh, is it? I yeah. didn't know that. That's cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Amazing. Is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? I like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with John Worcester. He plays drums in a bunch of bands. Super Chunk, The Mountain Goats. He plays with Bob Mould a lot. He is on social media, I feel like just one of the funniest people a lot of it's music oriented but um yeah john worcester is just someone I, i've i think is great on social media very funny very silly amazing check it out miles where can people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying twitter instagram at miles of gray g-r-a-y because uh, i see a lot of y'all hit, hit me up with a g-r-e-y spelling and that is upsetting because uh, that's not my name uh also check out the other podcasts you know Miles and Jack got mad boosties. That's the basketball podcast. A uh, great episode this week, uh, or this last week, with uh, CJ Toledano. Uh, check out 420 Day Fiance, where I talk 90 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Uh, some tweets that I like. First one is from Wactose Intolerant at Millie Tamara's tweeted, listening to classic rock, and in parentheses, kids by mgmt <laughs> which is how i feel when you go on classic rock oh stations and then uh this other one i'm just gonna put it in the twitter chat or the zoom chat so you can see the picture it's from gators daily at gators daily and it's a picture of a big giant like looks like ran over like gator and it just says it's flat fuck friday <laughs> this <laughs> fucking gator is so big and looks like a flattened piece of chewing gum it's not like roadkill it's just how it looks uh, but I just yeah. like the aggression of it's flat fuck Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. I've been enjoying a tweet from Joe at Gulcher tweeted reminder not to put sunglasses on your dog for a fun picture in the sun. This is actually very bad for the dog as it gives them a false sense of confidence and makes them look really cool, which can be dangerous when you take them off again and they have to go back to normal dog. <laughs> and I also liked cute nature BF tweeted if i had a girlfriend i would take her to get ice cream and then pretend i don't hear anything as she totally blows up my toilet later <laughs> which is the nice thing to do boyfriends out there uh, boyfriends of the world yeah let go of that adolescent urge to be like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> need a plunger yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes on our footnotes, oh, no. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? I think, uh, you know, uh, William Hart, who is the lead singer of the Delphonics, passed away last week. And the Delphonics are fantastic, you know, R&B soul group. Uh, but also, like, for lovers of hip-hop, the Delphonics have provided many samples to this wonderful art form we call hip-hop. So let's go out on a track that informed two banger tracks. The first one, so the track, uh, just so you know, is called Ready or Not, Here I Come. 
and that inspired the Fugees, Ready or Not, Here I Come, and also sampled Socket to Me by Missy Elliott, also that horn okay. sample. Yeah. Uh, it's just a, like all their music's fantastic, and I'm, I'm sure many people are familiar with the Delphonics, even if you don't know them explicitly. So check out Ready or Not, Here I Come by the Delphonics. Rest in peace to William Hart, the Delphonics. And yeah, just enjoy the, the smooth soul starts. All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.